Twin County Media is sponsored and supported by a group of special businesses and organizations who care about positive journalism and highlighting the best that the Twin Counties has to offer. We are supported by the Rocky Mount Event Center, UNC Health Nash, Rocky Mountain Medical Park Pharmacy, Wildwood Furniture, Lighting, and Decor, Happier at Home, Home Health Care, Bullock's Fine Home Furnishings, the Dunn Center at North Carolina Wesleyan University, Fortis Wealth Management, Claire DeLune, Nash Community College, the Small Business Center at Edgecombe Community College, AAA Mini Storage of Rocky Mount, Old North State Coffee Roasters, Jake Harper, Insurance Agent for Farm Bureau, the Lighthouse Store, Simmons & Harris, Wellingate Apartments, and Metro Maintenance. To become a community partner today, please reach out via email at contact at twincountymedia.com. Welcome back to the Twin County Spotlight. My name is Benton Moss, and I'm joined with by my co-host, Turner Vatipka. What? And a special guest, local bearded man. <laughs> <laughs> like Trey Brazel of Brazel Farms. Trey, man, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Man, I'm so glad to be on here I like talking about beards, coffee, and Reformed theology. Tell us about who Trey Brazel is. I am from Nashville, North Carolina. The original, as we the all original, know. The original, the OG. Much better than Tennessee. If anybody asks. And um, I was born in 1985, born at Nash General. Good year, lived in Nashville, lived in Red Oak, Rocky Mountain now, thankfully I'm in Nashville, and, uh, and I'm here for the good pleasure of the Lord. So your family has been here for how many generations? Uh, I don't know how many generations, at least five or six or seven, like... <laughs> At least uh, 12 eight or, or 13. 9 or 10 or 11. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you, Noah's boat crashed, and that was where Trey's right. family began. It actually, crashed, <laughs> it actually crashed in eastern North Carolina. Yeah. The two oh, chickens man. came off, and he said, that's Brazel Family Farms right there. But, yeah, I mean, I know, you know, I only knew back, um, and I didn't even, five generations ago, they had all passed away before I was born, but they were farming and um, on a real small scale like everybody back then, and um and there were generations before them, but it's been four generations that we've been in kind of the feed, um, like corn, corn mill, uh, man, I can't even talk, corn meal or feed or egg or livestock business for wow. four generations. That's awesome. So I imagine when you so were that's growing your, up. Was that, that's your, not your dad, not your granddad, your great, great granddad? My great, great granddad. No, my great granddad and my great, great uncle. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a long time ago. What is that? How many years have you guys been open then? 80. 80 this 80. year. Wow. That's amazing. And it's always been over in Nashville. Based yeah. in Nashville? Yeah, it started in at, um so they they farmed a small family farm up around Pleasant Grove Church in Nashville and uh that fifth generation had like 8 or 10 kids, which, you know, typical story of that time, you know, mm-hmm. it couldn't support everybody. And uh, so these two, my great-granddad, my great-great-uncle, walked down about two or three miles down to the bottom of the hill on um, Body's Mill Pond Road, went to work for Mr. Strickland. Body's Mill was a part of the original, you know, body land grant from, you know, 
you know, it was originally granted from the King of England, wow. which I think was like 10,000 acres. But what? I did not know that. What are you it, talking about? You're saying that the King of England granted them? Yeah, Nathaniel Body w- received an original land grant from the King of England. And the bodies, which is current bodies, the current bodies descend from, descend from, is that the right word? Does that make sense? I mean, they are descendants of, they they are, yes, they are descendants. But what I'm amazed at is that obviously there have been men through that whole, whole lineage to keep the body name and it's been in that family. Yeah. That's the wild thing. It is wild. 200 and 300 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, they had it, um, I think it was 10,000 acres and, um, (laughs) Which was like a typical story of, you know, of yeah. the land grants, but, and then different things through, you know, the times Does that caused make those them royalty to break up. If they got it from the king? Is it, yeah. Do yeah. what? If, does it technically make them royalty if they got it from a king? No. They're more like a duke. <laughs> a duke and yeah. a duchess. But the cool story is, um, I, my understanding is that all of it got broken up. And then somebody owned Rose Hill and donated it to Wesleyan College um, sometime when Mayo Sr. was younger. And at Wesleyan College, uh, it was just costing them money because mm-hmm. land wasn't as valuable then. Yeah. And so Mayo Sr. got an opportunity to buy it from Wesleyan College and has put um, has restored at least the heart of the farm to a working farm. And, and now they have the event center. and. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the mill that we we uh, got into business with in 1943, I think, was part of. Um, it would have been the body's plantation corn mill, it, grist mill, and uh, the, that original building I think that we're in now is built in the 1800s. There was a prior one I think further up the creek, built in the 1700s. Wow! wow. Yeah, that's pretty Goodness. amazing. That's some history right there. Okay, yeah. so. Your great great grandfather and your great great uncle start working for this Mr. Strickland. Mm-hmm. How do they? How does it continue well, through the generations? Yeah, they went to work for Mr. Strickland. I think he's the same fellow that owned the hardware store in Nashville at the time. But a year later, he was ready to get out. Um, they were just surviving on water power, so like in a drought, they weren't making cornmeal. But so, um, you know, my family, you know, needed it to work every day. And so once they had um, run it and, you know, built up enough, they put a diesel generator in to use just when the water was low. Um, you know, and, and uh, so and they that, would... that feed was going to... No, this was... This, this was, was pro- It, it was cornmeal for human consumption. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of the start. Like, people would... So they would buy people's corn to make cornmeal that we sold in mm-hmm. Body's Mill Cornmeal brand on, like, a route. Okay. And that was kind of the story of most of the grist mills at that time. But then they would also custom grind. So, you know, if you grew 10 acres of corn, you bring it down there, pay, you know, X per pound or something, and you they'd give you corn mill back. Mm. Um, and so, and the cool story my uncle told me, great uncle, yeah, that kind of the generosity started there. Like, they knew the families that were really in need and hurting, and so they would often, you know, send more cornmeal than say the family brought in corn and that was their way to give back to give back and um to support their community very cool so that was cool i I enjoyed him sharing that story that is cool so that was just when when they were doing cornmeal for like cornbread 
Yeah, so cornbread, <laughs> like, like, like that's right. For like, cooking, right? For cooking mm-hmm. purposes. When did it start to get into like, okay, now this is an ingredient yeah, who was chicken? The, who was the innovator in the family? Yeah, so I think um, so my, my granddad and great uncle came back in the 50s. I think they had both been in the Navy. And uh, I think that's when, it kind of the same story as the prior generation. Well, this grist mill won't support all four of our families. We got to, you know, do something else. I think that is when they um, built their first three chicken houses, which are the ones that are right there next to the the mill. Um, And they were, the story I'm told at least was, there was a guy came around that had a contract because, you know, these industries were, you know, not vertically integrated at that point. So mm-hmm. somebody might have owned a place where they plucked the chickens and sold them to customers, but they bought the chickens from somebody else who bought the feed from somebody else. Right. Gotcha. And so some guy came to town, had a contract with, you know, a retailer and said, I, w- I want you to grow some uh, breeder hens. So they would have been roosters and hens producing fertile eggs to hatch and make meat chickens well, they tell me the guy lost his contract and they were in you know they had the debt on these houses and all that so they pulled the roosters out and just started selling eggs from the hens they tell me that's how we got in the egg business <laughs> that's well, a good, we get rid of the eggs. yeah yeah <laughs> good good break right there yeah so um and you have to like educate me on this uh are there certain types of eggs that like you put in the egg cartons that you want to eat and certain that you don't like how does that all yeah, well, I mean, the breeder eggs that they were they were doing, the fertile eggs, um, those are the ones that you could, you know, incubate and they okay. would hatch. But granted, if you didn't incubate them, you could cook them and eat them just yeah, yeah. fine. But, you know, we're, all the egg producers are, we just have hens. Hens okay. lay an egg, um, it's their natural cycle on a daily basis. And uh, so there's, there's no chance that those are, um, you know, fertilized. But either way, we're not incubating them, so there's not going to be a... Wait a second. Yeah. So hens just lay eggs constantly. Every single day. And if there's not a rooster, it's not a fertilized egg. So therefore, that's what makes it eat edible? Well, well it's, it's they're unable edible. to hatch. You can't incubate it, right? Because it's not fertilized. Chickens naturally lay it, produce and lay an egg just like females do except chickens do it on a daily basis this is a monthly not basis. how i thought any of this works wow <laughs> did <laughs> you realize we're gonna get a biology lesson yeah i know too? i thought i mean <laughs> but you know, you're, most chickens in the eggs most people don't get that they're like I well, guess how I, do you get I, an egg if they don't have a rooster well i just always assumed that an egg was the baby you just chose not to incubate but a, or you just chose not to it's sit just on like, it it's or just whatever. like humans yeah so i thought you were just robbing chickens of their babies you know that's what but i'm glad you're not i guess it all takes place internally in humans and have you figured out yet why y'all have so many babies? <laughs> I'm going to have to mark this four, uh, as explicit you know? content. I'm, <laughs> I'm open to learn by baby number nine. Oh, uh, Chicken for, biology, for explicit. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you get into the egg-laying business. Uh, your family does through just, I mean, straight up, you know, a contract gets lost. Almost like a sink or, keep, sink or swim kind yeah, of. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Make it. Like, we have yeah. these houses, guys. We're going to pay for them somehow. At, at that point, though, were your families intertwined, like with the grist mill and the chicken? Like the grist mill was being used to feed the chickens? Like was that connection ever made at that point? I don't know 100%. <clears throat> um, the grist mill was never used to make cornmeal for the chickens. But, um, you know, at some point in time, but I think it was in the 60s, um, 
you know, is when an, a mill in town, which is where our current feed mill is, the old part of it came up for sale and, uh, and they bought it because it was having to do something else, you know, right? And so they went into town, <clears throat> did work on that mill and started making like bagged feed because everybody at that time had work animals at home, horses, mules, chickens, so work feed. animals. What is, what is the base it? ingredient for that? Well, all, all the most feed for um, poultry and pigs is, you know, like 50% corn, 25% soybean meal. And then you're like vitamins and minerals and things on top so of that. So you put vitamins and minerals into it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they have a, re- we have a nutrition, they get, they probably get more of exactly what they need every day than we do. Well, HGH, I get Taco Bell every day. So TRT. I feel like I'm getting exactly what I need. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, all, all the things. All the things. Uh, HGH. That's crazy. So, yeah, right. you can't put that in the bag. <laughs> have you, wait, looking Beefy back chickens. at your, your great uncle and your granddad and your dad and such, what, have regulations over these things drastically increased? Oh, I yeah. assume, or like, because like it sounds like they were just going around starting up whatever and just packaging stuff. Was there like a lot of regulations and that kind <laughs> of thing, or is it? Well, there was regulations back then, but just reg- I mean, there, I'm sure that the corn mill business had regu- food safety regulations, but okay. certainly they've changed drastically. Um, and I mean, I would assume that there wasn't a lot of like, um, you know, production regulations on the chickens back then, but because it was more so, you know, who can do the best job of, you know, providing an environment they'll do well in. But now we have pretty much have an audit every day, whether it's related to feed, a certain customer on the egg side, plant safety, food safety, animal welfare. I mean, it's like a, it's like a manufacturing, a, a, a clean manufacturing plant. Yeah, I mean, essentially, like, the good thing is, you know, an egg is, is laid in its own package, and then we just provide protection for shipping. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, that is nice. A naturally packaged product. Yeah. But we, <laughs> but we, are, we do, um, we have to swab in the plant and the chicken houses for certain things, and we have plans in place to... Um, is that like the chicken flu thingy that... Well, we don't... Um, I don't know. Well, that's what we hope we never get, but right. the bird flu, high path, yeah. avian flu... But, you know, we have plans in place. You, know, have to, you have to comply with the FDA salmonella prevention rule and um, all those things. So, I mean, we have a team of – in the past, you wouldn't have had a food safety inspe- – uh, like a quality person. Yeah. And now we have a lead, like a manager, and then like a technician at every location. And Yeah. Um, so, you know, it is what it is, and we yes. all evolve. I mean, farmers – have evolved and you know we we think a lot some things are overregulated but often that is because somebody is not doing the right thing that's right you tip regulations t- typically don't come unless somebody is not devil. regulating themselves and it's typically not the industry it's one bad person in mm-hmm. the industry yeah so yeah. their your property out so you have your mill and then you guys have where all your chickens are how much how big is that I've driven out there, and it is ginormous. Well, I mean, the farm is not that big compared to, like, if you're looking at a farmer that was farming a lot of land. Okay. But it's, I mean, you know, we um, we have pasture out there that we use for, um, you know, managing the wastewater from the process of washing the eggs and things like that. But, you know, it's like 300 acres. But we have, there we've got 1.2 million birds. 1.2 um, million chickens. What does 1.2 million birds sound like? Like how many houses? Everybody needs to start clucking. 
That's what it sounds like. Yeah. They sound like. Is it just all day long? Happy chickens. Yeah, happy chickens. How do you, you make every sure now and then there's a happy. Boop, boop, boop. Have you ever, ever thought about making that your ringtone on your phone? Just like yeah, boop, boop, but boop, boop. I, I'm not a technology. I wouldn't know how to do that. Sure. So, <laughs> all right, I so we're, all, we're like we're like two generations away from you. We're generation and a half. So you get the you get the you start selling the eggs. Um, where does the business go from there? So you know when we got into the feed, it feed we kind of really grew on the feed side. We were making feed. Um, and then, then it was a natural kind of progression to, you know, um, we were feeding a lot of the egg producers around. And back then, you know, it was just a ton of different egg producers. You know, there was hundreds in, you know, really? in the state. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, eventually, you know, we had to integrate to, to you know, to survive and thrive. And so we started producing eggs to sell on contract. Or actually, Braswell Milling Company would contract with, producers that the producers would own the houses and we would uh, buy the eggs from them like my dad was a contract producer for Braswell Milling at one point in time when mm-hmm. um um while his you know the second generation was still there but and then eventually you know so we started we were raising the baby chicks so it all kind of like was happening at the same time we were raising baby chicks like so you take a day old baby chick a hen and you raise it till it's 18 weeks old and then you'll put it in the layer house and that's 18 weeks is when they start laying eggs around there really so from from birth to 18 weeks that's really where we grew was feed and pull it so we were we were supporting egg producers by providing them high quality started laying pullets and then feed and we grew that way that was what we were known for to the industry Mm -hmm. and then eventually we integrated and, and started to produce eggs and then it was in 88 that Eggland's Best was just a crazy idea. Um, I think it was two Japanese men had come up with the patented feed formula. The feed is how it impacts the nutrition in the egg. And they came over to the big poultry show in Atlanta. And uh, they sold, like, franchise areas. And, you know, most people were like, that's crazy. And the egg is just a commodity. And thankfully, my, you know, my granddad, my great uncle... We're like, well, we got to figure something better out, so we're going to take a chance. And and thankfully, my granddad died before it ever took off, like, because it really didn't work for like five to seven years, mm-hmm. because that was the same time that eggs were, you know, eggs were quote unquote killing people, cholesterol, all that false science. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so to then go out there and say, well, their eggs are healthy. This is a healthier egg. It didn't fly, but once once it, you know, the truth. Great pun. Kind of, developed huh <laughs> it didn't fly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then it started to work out um and so as that grew that's when we um you know began to own more of our chickens we built a processing plant we bought a few companies as the industry um kind of contracted in in the 90s and um you know that's when we we were fully integrated by 1999 and by at that point your dad had taken over my dad my granddad died in 92 Two. Okay. And that's when my dad was thrust into leadership. leadership. So my dad was. How old was he at that time? He was like late thirties. Okay. But he was working for Basil Family Farms. Yeah, he was. He was in the field doing like managing birds and production, and um, you know, so you know, his dad died, and then he had to come into the office, and that was a struggle because most farmers don't like to be in the office. 
I could be outside. That's fair. We should have done this podcast outside. Yeah. In the birdhouse. In actually. the birdhouse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so the the evolution of going from just the one mill to losing the contract, having to sell the eggs to the Eglin's best franchise area. Talk a little bit more about that. Like, how does that work? So we um, we initially were a franchisee, typical franchisee, like doesn't own any of the company. But I told y'all, like, the first five to seven years, like, it didn't work. Like, it was going, Eglin's Best went bankrupt. So the, but the farmers, you know, believed it would get better. And so, you know, the kind of the, there was like 12 or 13 that kind of bought the company. So mm-hmm. non-typical, we have equity in the company. <clears throat> and uh, and so we're a franchisee, but we're an owner. Really and we have market that. regions. And so um, ours is, we started in North Carolina. That was that first territory they bought. Mm-hmm. And and then through acquisition, um, you know, my dad was able to acquire Virginia, um, Maryland. So essentially now we own from North, or our market region is North Carolina to Eastern Pennsylvania. Nice. So And that's what you guys produce eggs and fill those areas. And there's, you know, there's some, you know, blurring of the lines and when, when, because it's really customer and market, metro market centric. So Mm -hmm. if you have a customer that's in New York, but a lot of their stores are in our market, it's probably not our eggs going in there. I mean, it's just, there's some of that bleeding over. But for the the most part, the idea would be that you're within those regions. Yeah. Yeah. But, and so Eglin's Best has been really good because Eglin's Best is the only like nutritionally enhanced egg. I mean, um, you know, it's lower in saturated fat and higher in all these vitamins. And um, and so, you know, they're really the only brand. You know, it went from bankruptcy to, like, 98% distribution, I think. It's, like, so it's in 98% of outlets. There's a Harvard yeah. Business School case study there, I feel like. Oh, yeah. I don't know if they've written one, but I just feel like that's a – from a bankruptcy to that – amount of penetration and in like grocery stores like people fight for shelf space like crazy oh yeah it's gotten so expensive um talk about like organic versus inorganic like is that still a big thing is yeah it becoming I mean, less of a big thing like so the big question business? people ask me is well, what eggs do you eat and so we <laughs> we eat and we get our employees all I get don't eat eggs. <laughs> yeah we eat so many eggs like people are like you gotta be tired of them i'm like like we run out of eggs at home, man. We eat so many. Oh, eggs. We, we do too. Breakfast is my favorite. Well, but so. how much do you guys? Because you guys send what, like a dozen or two dozen home with your employees each week. Five dozen every other week. Five dozen. <coughs> Five every dozen other week. eggs. So That's sixty so eggs. So many eggs. Oh man, yeah, we crush like three a week at least, probably. Three dozen. Yeah, I mean, like, like, <laughs> oh, dude, that's so many. But that like, my, and you're not even like a baker. Like, you're not baking cakes or anything. You know, like you're eating no, eggs. <laughs> I mean, like. If the kids don't, if they don't eat them in the morning, they want them in the afternoon. Your kids do? Yeah, often, like, but, like, so I'll just, you know, I'll have, like, fried two or three eggs, and then I'll add, like, three more egg whites in there. So, you know, there I I break, like, five or six eggs in the morning. Uh, It takes a lot. Okay, so organic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Well, you know. Is that, so here's a question, because I assume pseudo most eggs are sort of organic because they're produced by a chicken. Is is the feed side of things? Which one's more? Yeah, all about? eggs are natural. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I feel like we're like three rabbit chase. No, three like 
shiny object guys in here. The, what I was going to say is we, we at home, we eat the Eglin's Best, what we call red, white, and blue, kind of the flagship model if you're at the store it's in a red white and blue carton okay you come from um it's nutritionally enhanced they come from conventionally produced cages which um you know we know that that's not bad for the bird but what we do as a company is we want to provide choice for everybody we don't think anybody should be forced into just having eggs from cage birds or just having expensive organic pasture raised eggs because people have to make decisions based on their income they make decisions based on, um, you know, perceived animal welfare preferences. And we want to do well in all of those categories. So, you know, we follow all the veterinary, uh, American Veterinary Medical Association, like approved guidelines for, you know, all of those systems, production systems. Mm-hmm. Um, but organic versus non-organic or organic versus conventional, you know, um, certain people, it's still growing. It's expensive, but certain people desire that um you know certain people believe that some of the things that might be used in conventional crop production might pass through um and i'm not saying they do or don't like i haven't really dove in deep into that but um you know there's certain things that we buy organic really the milk was the the main thing but it was because it's ultra pasteurized and it lasts longer Mm. so Mm. so it's a shelf life decision yep um (laughs) But again, like we want to provide choice for people. We don't, you know, they don't need to be forced into a certain category. But I mean, organics continuing to grow. Honestly, value-added eggs are continuing to grow. What makes the organic an organic egg an organic egg? It's the it's the the, feed they eat or something. It's it's the whole production system. So the the grain the feed production Mm -hmm. like the grain has to be on certified like corn has to go through or land has to go through a three-year transition to organic three years without conventional or synthetic um you know fertilizers and things like that has to be certified and then in the whole supply chain it has to be the facilities have to be certified organic so you have to have certain protocols that are different gotcha um, and then like our chicken houses, no chemicals, you know, no things like that. So everything in that supply chain has to be Pristine. certified organic by within, a third party. Within their mm. recognition. Gotcha. Yeah. As a company, um, just kind of transition a little bit. As a company, you guys do, you know, quite a bit in the community. You take care of your employees really well. Um, and these are all things that just kind of researching y'all like I've picked up. But talk about, you know, some of the philosophies that you have you know, internally in y'all's company for the community, for your employees, for your business, like how you view your work, that type of thing. Yeah. Well, work is worship. I mean, I think that, um, so our, our, uh, mission or reason for existence, we say is to feed the body and the soul. And, you know, that encompasses, um, we feed animals, we feed people with, you know, high quality, whether it's feed or eggs, but we, we want it to be not just about a transaction but about we want to feed people's soul like we want it to be a benefit to them that they're doing business with us or they work with us or like you know it's not strictly a number that is success but you know are we making a positive impact are we a place where people's lives are better or their families' lives are better because they're there um you know do customers trust us you know to share things like, man, we're really struggling with this at 
at home, like versus just here's my order for eggs and here's your check for payment. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and that, that mission statement or whatever has not always been explicitly written on the wall. Um, but really the spirit of generosity has certainly been something that has been in all generations. You know, I was telling you about the whole cornmeal thing, but you know, my dad is a very generous guy. Um, and, and the generations before them. And, and that's not always just like financial donations, but, um, you know, caring for the employees like they, they are part of our family <clears throat> and uh, and making sure that, you know, they're, they're a person, a human, um, mm-hmm. not, you know, they're not a, a number, not just a means to an end. Um, so that's really important. Um, you know, that's, I think that's the coolest part, you know, about, all of us, you know, we have a platform. God's given us a platform to, you know, to bring him glory and to impact people. And so, um, you know, we don't separate the, those two things, our faith. Our faith, obviously, is, um, or my faith is, is really important, and it's really important in how we run the business. And I didn't really get that. Honestly, it was C12 that helped me get that in probably f- four or five years into being back and working, you know, at that point, I was like, really had started to walk with the Lord and was on fire. And then so I was like trying to figure out what does that look like in everyday life. And so it was cool because that was when God brought C12 into my life. And then we figured out, well, here's how to run a business for more than just a transaction. Hmm. We didn't we didn't even ask. Um, we really didn't get into like, what was your path to getting back into the family business? We got through every generation but you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. You uh, been really young, didn't you? It was yeah, so <clears throat> it was it was challenging. My dad's had health issues for the bulk of his life. It was whether it was migraines or later in life, you know, heart heart problems. So um I came back I had gone out west hoping to spend like at least six months or a year just kinda out from under everybody. Because um, I, I think I because of my dad's health and things always had a lot of responsibility from a really young age and a lot of pressure. And I was ready to get out from under that for a season. Um, I graduated from state and I knew like I'd like to come back at some point, but I was not ready. And then, so when I got out to tell you ride with a buddy of mine, Cameron Barker, um, you got a job lined up for the next season because they kind of operate in two seasons out there ski season and summer season between that it's just muddy you know because the snow melts so got out there skied a little bit had a job lined up and then just everything was felt like it was falling apart here my dad's was so unhealthy like he was MIA I mean and just saying he couldn't go to work he couldn't and I was so accustomed to shouldering some of that load whether it be in the home or whatever so you know I'm like 20 years old and I have our attorney and our old general manager and my grandma and my mom. Hey, you need to come home and do this stuff. So, you know, ultimately, I was pretty bitter about it for a while because I came home. But I felt like, you know, man, this was not how I wanted to come home. Yeah. Um, but also my granddad was real sick, who was my best friend. And my cousin was real sick, who was just a little bit older than me. She passed away. And my granddad lived for a while. Um, but he had had emergency surgery. But... Anyway, I came home and and so um, came back in the business and started learning that. But the first few years were pretty rough. My dad and I butted heads. Um, 
you know, I was kind of floundering around, but ultimately it was by God's grace that, uh, you know, he kind of put people in my path and put C12 in my path and, um, counselors and things like that. And just, you know, it's been a wild 15 years, you know, I mean, like highs and lows and, um, looking back and just seeing God's providence in it, in it all. But, uh, it took me several years to, um, to be happy about it. I mean, honestly, I probably wasn't happy about it till like three days ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give or take. <laughs> um, what time is it? <laughs> How long have we been in this room for, you know? No, but, um, but it's good now. And I just, man, I wouldn't, I love agriculture. I love, you know, our people. I love having the opportunities that we do. And, um, but it's, it's, it's a challenge and it has not been without, you know, tears and, anger and excitement and um but i mean that's part of life it's true but here you are it here is pretty, i am. It is pretty it is pretty crazy that as we've gone through all the history of it all <coughs> sorry and then hearing how large the company is how many employees there are <laughs> at 20 years old you're like here you go boy and it was like because we're gonna figure this thing out you know yeah i mean so, so i kind of got thrust into leadership at 23 i'm 38 it was 15 years ago and i yeah. wouldn't say i was leading at 15 years ago but you know i was the only the, family the, the member idea, there yeah. you know and people were looking to me to make decisions and um so it was probably about four years in three years in that i you know was starting to mature i mean but it was definitely up. trial by fire yeah um I was by no way leading anyone Maybe a trial for the by first incubator. three. Of, huh? Maybe a trial by incubator. Yeah. Man. But God has been good. Yeah. Man, it, I mean it's so different. Things are so different and you know, I don't y'all are probably the same way. You want things to change so fast to get where you want them that it's hard to be patient. Mm-hmm. And you know, thankfully I had mentors or you know, older folks around me said you'll get there but it, it's not gonna be overnight and you got to be patient or you're gonna drive everybody crazy mm. yeah and so now i can look back and be like man in 15 years things are a lot different and they're a lot better and i didn't think we'd get here and we're still you know yeah. long way to go but what do you think the what do you think the next 15 years like what are some of the things y'all you're excited about you start raising tigers Tigers, not gonna be raising any tigers. They don't, oh, lay, they don't lay eggs. What a shame. Yeah, they have they have if you, if live you babies. Alter them a little bit. Tigers have live babies. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> um, well, I'm excited for. I'm more enthused about the next 15 years because, you know, we have a lot of things have changed. You know, we've made a lot of good steps. We're doing EOS, which is really just an operating system for a business, but it. It's helped us with what we were lacking, just structure around how to have good accountability and how to take kind of long-range plans and bring it down to, well, what do I do today about it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. so easy to make a long-range strategy and then not know what in the world to do today or this week. Or yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about days. EOS. That's uh, changed our world. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've read the book. Um, I just finished it this morning. Necessarily yeah. implemented it. We have regularly scheduled meetings that have some of the principles, but it's not like 100% all the way because uh, it's kind of it's hard to implement um, unless you're just like all right, full tilt. We're and we were full tilt. Yeah, that's I mean, and 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 but we needed it, and I had I did not do it until I knew I had the right certain team members around me that were going to 
you know, make sure it was successful. And yeah, I had really, to have, really committed to I it. had to have the right person on my right hand to do that. And, yeah. uh, Cause you've got like the again, by God's grace, by God's grace, we got there by God's grace. We've got the people that we do and it's been very impactful. Um, I can't say enough, but, but having that, just knowing that we've got a good team, we've got a good structure, um, you know, customer relationships improving. I mean, just, you know, and, and now we're kind of got people in the right roles and I'm in the right role. Cause I mean, I was, you know, still, there were things that I don't do well, you know, that my direct reports needed. And, um, so now I'm doing what I do well, you know, my integrators better at that role than I am. Yeah. Um, and so that's been really cool. That's awesome. So now we're doing cool new stuff. Um, like I'm really excited about the New Year's Eve egg drop in the original Nashville. Yeah. And I'm excited about some potential customer opportunities we have and, you know, expanding our business on the feed and the egg side. Um, and really, you know, what's exciting too is because there's so much has happened that I look back and would have never thought that, you know, I get excited to think about what God can do in the next 15 years. I was thinking about the other day, I'm going to put up, we're going to put up, um, because we this week we've had some, last week we had some hard conversations with some business partners that are very important to us, but they're not really, you know, sometimes your partners don't act like partners. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I don't mean like people that we own businesses with, but like customers or you vendors. Do it regularly and, or, with, yeah. and so we had some hard conversations and, you know, and I kind of, after the meeting, I just told, you know, the people on my team that were there, like, you know, as much as we get frustrated, like they're part of our mission field too, you know, that feeding the soul, that applies to them too. Um, and then I was, the next morning I was, uh, couldn't sleep because I was frustrated about that meeting, came to the office really early and I was in the prayer room and I was like, man, you know, I've just told the people that were in that room, like, we got to trust the Lord. We can't be, um, just get, uh, what's the word? Like, just kind of throw our hands up because those people aren't going to help us out. Like, mm-hmm. and so I was like, well, you just told them that you got to believe it too. And right. Cause at the moment I was like, man, we're never going to get over that. Mm-hmm. And so at that moment, God gave me this idea for all of our offices, um, like buildings, not individual offices of, you know, the whole BHAG thing, big, hairy, audacious goal. And I was like, well, God's like, you need to put up this big, hairy, audacious prayer board. Cause, cause, cause in that moment I remembered like so many times that he'd shown up and done things. I just, thought would never happen and I don't do a good job writing them down and I wish I did so I could go back and be like yeah and just gloss over when you're in doubt like go back and yeah so you know we're gonna make it out of chicken wire you know because it's fitting right <laughs> but essentially make a frame and put chicken wire up and it like clothespins yeah and just want people to put they can be small prayers or I want people to put prayers up there like things that we think like there's no way that's gonna happen or that that's insurmountable mm-hmm. Because I want us to be able to go back and look and be like, we thought that was insurmountable, yeah, that but get, you know, look what God did. Now it's on the yeah. answered prayers. Well, and, and so, and that's, he can do it. Well, that brings up a question I have is, because I was talking to your wife about this, because I was obviously at Ayo's Christmas party and everything, and do you feel like the things like that, the prayer boards, and on the side of your trucks, you guys have Bible verses, and you're clear, like, I mean, I know you will, but like, you are very overtly 
Christian. Like you're like you're, there's nothing about Trey that I don't know if the Jesus doesn't ever come up whenever we've talked or anything. But do you feel like that helps in just like one whenever you get these new employees and you're building your new team and stuff? Like I mean, all the people I've met on your team are like just super solid people and super solid Christians. And that lady, whoever your accountant lady is, who gave that speech or with all the jokes. I mean, that lady was like rock solid. Just her thoughts and all seem to fully align. Do you feel like that makes it attractive to people to come work for you and, and makes the gelling on your team a little bit easy? It's not so like headbutting because you guys are clearly sort of on the same page up front at least? Well, I mean, everybody that works on our team is not, you know, overt, like, you know, yeah. Christian. Um, yeah. And that's cool. Like, and we yeah. tell people like, you know, our, our faith is definitely woven into who we are and our culture. Mm-hmm. And how we treat people, because that's how the Braswell family is going to treat people and run the business. But we tell them, like, you know, our core values, which are what we do um, hold all of our employees, myself included, to, you know, live out at work, mm-hmm. are core values that, you know, you of any religion or of no faith, like just basic human principles. We believe, and though they come from Scripture, right. Right. But they're not, you wouldn't have to be a, a Christian to be like, man, I love that. I'm getting on board with that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and because, you know, we're going to love on and, and provide for all humans. all of our people. Right, right, right. And they're not all Christian. And I would hope that, I don't know who's a Christian and who's not. I mean, mm-hmm. some people are very open about their faith and will share. Um, but there's no, you know, discriminating folks. And um, now there's people that, and it's totally okay, that may not want to work there because of, you know, how we live our life. And right. that's okay, like, and, and they're free to do that. And um, and then there's people that maybe don't have faith or have other faith that work with us and are excited because of the way we care about people and the way that we feel accountable to somebody right. uh, greater. Yeah. But go, um, go ahead. Go back to the egg drop. What is that? What are y'all doing there? Like, what, yeah. what's the purpose? How, how did you come up with the idea? Um, you kind of hit that briefly. This, this but, is the first one, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, I just don't want to miss this. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really excited about this. Um, and, you know, this is one of those things that, you know, getting the right structure in place and getting people in the right seat, including myself, has kind of opened me up to like doing more of what I'm better at. And that's, you know, crazy ideas like one in a hundred are good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, man, I'm all about, I mean, kind of like what I said earlier. And there was a, there was a time, you know, in the first five to 10 years of moving back that I was just really defeated. Like I was like, I'm tired of driving these same roads. I've been on my whole life. I don't want to be here. Um, but it wasn't Nash County. It was just my, you know, circumstances and, and different wounds and things in my life. But, um, but man, I love Nash County. Like I love Eastern North Carolina. I mean, I'm not going to say you won't find a bigger proponent, but like, and I'm thankful that, you know, you guys are here and like, you know, cause I think things are changing. People want to be oh, 100%. outside of the city. Um, they want to be it's in Eastern North Carolina. Thing in <laughs> Eastern North, <laughs> but I'm a huge proponent of Eastern North Carolina and, and Nashville and Nash County. And, uh, we love our communities and that's something that my, <clears throat> you know, my parents taught and my granddad and, um, you know, take care of your communities where you are, take care of your people. And, uh, and and have some fun right so you know it was like five plus years ago dylan bunch um 
I think he was at Providence Bank when he said this. He was like, Trey, y'all need to do an egg drop. And I'm like, Dylan, I don't know, man. Like, that sounds like a good idea. Just let me know when you want to put it together. <laughs> yeah, when you want to sponsor it and pay for it. Yeah, and do yeah, all yeah, things, yeah, yeah. Or um, shebang, yeah. Yeah, and, I, you know, and, and then, um, like, three years ago, I was like, man, that would be awesome. Something for com- families to do in the community. I love Nashville. You know, I want to do something like that, and we'll bear the burden of pulling it together. And, and you know, and it'll be ours, but we want other people to be involved. Um, and so then the Nashville Junction, you know, it was like two or three years ago, Michael started to, to you know, bought the building supply and, and started with this idea of the Junction. I was like, all right, well, maybe this will be a thing because now there's somewhere in Nashville that we could probably do it and it would benefit the town, the vendors in the junction, and and um, and we have a piece of land across the tracks to where we could shoot fireworks off of. I'm like, this would be awesome. Like, people don't have to go anywhere else, you know, like Raleigh or anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just manpower and bandwidth. You know, we didn't have it. I mean, this was something we, I think we tried to start up three years ago. We almost got it done last year. And then this year, um, you know, I was like, we're doing it. Like, we're going to do it. We'll figure out how to make it happen. And I know, and this year we'll probably bear, you know, almost all the costs, but it's worth it. Um, you know, we're excited. And I think in the future, you know, we do want other community businesses to partner. And yeah. and there are some that are in, in either in in-kind donations or uh, different things just to help. Like Michael Hurt and the Junction's doing a lot. Um, so... It's really about the community and families. Like we love our, we're all about relationships and community. Um, you know what I mean? And our, ours, we have different circles, but you know, obviously we've gotten really close in our church, but just love our community. And, and um, we believe that our business is the Lord's. Like he didn't give it to us for ourselves, right? He didn't give it to us just to, fill our storehouse, you know what I mean? Fill our barns, right? So right, right, right. he gave it to us and entrusted us with the responsibility to be good stewards and to share. Um, and that is something that, you know, my dad shared and the Lord has put on my heart. And so, you know, we want to do things for the community, even if it's, if, you know, it costs us a lot of money or it costs us a lot of time or, um, Effort or anything like that. we're excited. Um, so it started as that, that, and and we were just like, well, let's just dream big. I mean, we're gonna drop an egg, and um, and maybe we can have some music. I mean, really, when it started, I was like, I don't know, but let's, let's we're gonna drop an egg, and and one day people from Raleigh are gonna drive to Nashville because they want to come to the egg drop. Is this drop. like a so? It's like, does the egg like actually drop and hit the ground and? Oh uh, no! So like, um, chicken is born at the bottom. Kind of Mount Olive was part of the inspiration. I knew that Mount Olive Pickle, the company, did something in Mount Olive. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And kind of bared the, you know, the responsibility. And and I don't know how many years that's been going on, and I haven't been there to talk with them. Um, Brittany and, and I think Christine had talked with them to get more understanding. And they've just been good to kind of bounce things off of. Sure. And it won't look exactly like ours. And, and theirs has been going on for well, a long gonna time. It's going to be a good community event. Oh, man. It's so, like, when's, we, this, when's it start? Like, how do, how so it's 4 to 7 p.m. And um, he's a farmer. He's got to be in bed by 730. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we, we wanted something where I didn't have to stay up late. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know what's so cool? Yeah, we wanted a family event for the community. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the cool thing is, like, every time somebody finds out it's 
forward to seven. They're like, oh, this is great. Yeah, thank goodness. goodness I don't have Praise to stay God. out to Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, we were just like, all right, so there's going to be an egg, and maybe there's going to be music, and you know what? We're going to pay for fireworks because we want fireworks in Nashville for people to see. And um, Seven o'clock is actually midnight uh, Eastern time, but it's, but it's seven o'clock in Nashville. <laughs> right. But it's, it's midnight <laughs> Eastern time. They're five hours ahead. Everybody goes to bed. We're just living in California. Yeah. Like, That's whatever, right. Other way. But so, and, 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 you know, last year didn't work. The junction wasn't ready. We didn't have enough bandwidth. And, and this year we committed to it. Michael is committed to it. Michael Last Hurt. Year, you, you, mean the, you dropped the egg. Huh? You dropped, really the, ball. dropped the egg on We it. did. We dropped the egg on it last year. But So we're excited. Um, good friends with the guys at Edwards Crane, and they're going to be out there with a super jumbo crane. Oh, nice. To drop the egg. To drop the egg. And it, it, yeah, we're not going to drop an egg like and crack it. Like It'll be like you know the acorn drop or the ball right, in New I York. But yeah, yeah, yeah. nobody watches New York anymore. Crane. They're going to be watching the egg drop. Yeah. Um, yeah what is the acorn drop? Yeah. So anyway, and the cool thing is, y'all wait, y'all wait till that night. But Edwards is also fabricating the egg, and it's going to be awesome. Oh, that's really oh, cool. That's I'm going to tell you, the guys over there are super creative, super genuine, nice guys, and uh, and also they fabricate some pretty cool. Well, that's like egg. all I I knew. All I had to say is, hey, we need an egg. You know, oftentimes I like to have my fingerprint on it. Here's what we should do. But I knew I like. I didn't have time, and I knew if I called um, Daniel Strickland and Nathan over there that if I said we need an egg that's big enough to drop from your crane, that if I just didn't respond to their email about what do you want it to look like for 48 hours, they would they already had a plan, and they started building it. And then they called and were like, hey, we're halfway through. Is it okay if it's eight feet tall? And I was like, oh dang, right. God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So it weighs I am three tons. <laughs> They're great. It's so – there's going to be activities for kids. There is going to be multiple food trucks. Meredith Johnson and Real Rowdy is going to be playing. So Meredith will open up, and then I think Meredith and her brother-in-law will play a little together, and then Real Rowdy will close us out. So we'll be mu- music the whole time. And, uh, you know, it's 7. You want me and Ben to sing at some point? We're really good. Yes. I'm just not on myself. a microphone. <laughs> Just not on the microphone. <laughs> yeah. So this will be December 31st, mm-hmm. 4 to 7. That's a Saturday? No, Sunday. Sunday. Sunday, December 31st, At the Nashville so Junction. Like At the Nashville like Junction. Please. Please. If you do that, you have to stand under the egg. As it drops on top. Of Are you going to pop out of the egg at the end? When it yeah. Goes? <laughs> yeah, you're going to ride it all the way down? I really want to be on at the top of the crane, though. That would be sick. They said they could take that thing up like 400 plus feet. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Dude, yeah one of those jumbo I'll cranes throw up. when they jump the crane. <laughs> but anyway, um, there will be uh, hot beverages. There will be food trucks. There will be non-alcoholic beverages. There might be like a beer truck um, or a vendor that's going to be at the junction. Maybe there. Um, so it's for the whole family, and it's not. It is a wholesome event. Nashville's excited about it. Nash County's excited. Egg drops at seven and hopefully as soon as the egg drops the fireworks go off and, um, and you're in bed 15 minutes later yeah <laughs> Driving nice home. so we're pumped man i just awesome. you know and we were like man i hope 200 people show up now i'm like i hope we can all fit like i think it's gonna be awesome yeah yeah oh, i think it's gonna be huge that is gonna be cool so there are t-shirts we're gonna have some there i mean this is year one so like we're gonna get something wrong like we're gonna have not enough shirts too many shirts not enough food too much food um 
but you can like go online and pre like pre-register and go ahead and guarantee your shirt and size and stuff like that. We got some real, real cool shirts and, um, there's like glow sticks, you know, I think each family that comes, you'll get like a pack of glow sticks and, oh, the cool thing is too, like we wanted this to not only be a great event for the community, but to benefit. So, you know, we've chosen, um, a touch of the father's love food pantry, oh, really? oh, nice. yeah, which yeah. now operates in, um, the uh, Castellia. Momire. Momire. Yeah. At Bass, Bass Brothers. Brothers uh, yeah, spot, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you have to check me on this, but I think if you bring a certain amount of, you know, cans of food, um, you know, you'll get like a kind of family pack with, you know, glow stuff for the kids, mm-hmm. maybe noisemakers. I can't remember what all is going to be in there. And then they're also, you know, so we want people to be able to provide for somebody in the community. And if you wanted to bring a monetary donation for Touch of the Father's Love, <clears throat> all that goes to them. Nice. And this all is on your website. Yeah, if you just like information. Is it- Google, like you can go to our website, braswellfamilyfarms.com, and there's a link to it. If you're uh, on social media, there's you can go to our pages, and there's stuff that'll send you to. We have like a page just for the um, the BFF Best New Year's Eve egg drop, you egg know what I'm drop. in the OG Nashville, the original. Boom, Love the it. original greatest drop. It's and it awesome. all began. With the egg, you know what I'm saying? That's right. <laughs> tough, tough joke to end on. Y'all let Turner talk every time? <sighs> Depends <laughs> if I show up or not. That's yeah. a real question. <laughs> so we're, I'm super excited about that. Man, I, love, yeah, I love people awesome. and yeah. I love people having a good time. We so love to get people together. I know my wife is, she's, she's excited about it. So um, it's like I'm throwing. I actually didn't know there was gonna be music there. So now I'm. Oh yeah. For it's it. like I'm throwing a big party for all my friends, but it's for the community. I love it. Yeah. That's good. It's going to be awesome. Like, I'm just, I'm excited. I hope it's wholesome, and I know it will be because we won't put up with any mess. I was going to say, I was like, you're going to allow it to not get wholesome? No, <laughs> no. We'll have uh, all our great community partners there. Uh, I think the Nash County Sheriff's Office will be there. Nashville Police Department will certainly be there. Um, EMS, Nashville Fire Department. Um, you know, we've been, you know, talking with the town and the county since day one about it, and They've all been thrilled. And, oh, yeah. Um, the Junction does a pretty good job. Like, they did a event with the Dogwoods out there, just a musical mm-hmm. show. Yeah. And there was quite a bit of, you know, alcohol and uh, food trucks and stuff. And it was a great time. We went out yeah. there, and the sheriffs and folks were out there, and it was fine. It was great. They yeah, great we, we won't put up with any mess. Yeah. No, it's, it's going to be Turner, yeah. don't bring You're not mess. No, I'm going to show up like a chicken with his head cut <laughs> off. Yeah. Run around. Well, Trey, man, this has been a pleasure. Thanks so much for taking your time. I know your time is valuable. Um, thanks for everything that Braswell Family Farms is doing for the community, for, you know, just the business that y'all have and have chosen to continue to operate and locate here and all the things that y'all do for the communities. And we will definitely link to the egg drop. We'll talk about that in the post. Make sure folks know about that. But uh, thanks so much for coming out. This is a pleasure. Cool. I hope everybody comes out to the first annual New Year's Eve egg drop in the original Nashville. Thanks for letting me be here. Yeah, this was a pleasure. Thanks, man.